Welcome to episode three of The Rig Report. The Rig is where we all gather around to talk about the news of the day, and that's what we're doing now. I am Scott Sweitzer, and I will be your host this week. Today's edition will span the globe as we report on the Roman Krennikov situation, how he was able to get his visa, and where we stand today. The Blue City crew will look at retired athletes doing the Open. Cooper Marsh will take us behind the scenes of the Danielle Brandon rad deal. Dave and Catherine with Fantasy Fitnessing update us on all the stats from 22.2 and the Open Madness Bracket Challenge. Cat drops by for her latest rant on promises made and promises hmm, not kept. Let's kick it off with the status of where the Roman Krennikov situation stands. Roman is currently in the United States as reported by the Morning Chalk Up and confirmed by Roman's manager, Snorri. It became obvious to Roman that getting flights in and out of Russia was going to be increasingly difficult over the next few weeks. After working for more than four years to get a visa and finally succeeding, he could not have imagined the unrest in Russia would have happened immediately after this. Roman had to make the tough decision to leave his pregnant wife for the time being and will miss the birth of his first child. Roman will remain in the U.S. for the 2022 CrossFit season and do some traveling to work out with people he has always admired and work out with his coach, Nick Fowler, for the first time in person. I had the pleasure to sit down with Rosa Giles, the person who assisted Roman in getting his visa. She talks about this and also talks about how uncomfortable the current unrest in Russia is making it for all Russian-speaking nations. Um, if you followed CrossFit for any length of time, there is a really good athlete out of Russia named Roman Krenikov, who has qualified for the CrossFit Games four years in a row and has not been able to compete because he has had visa issues. And so I talked to his manager, Snorri, who told me that you and your husband stepped in uh, to assist with him because I'm assuming you had been through that process before. Uh, yeah. So uh, with modeling, we always uh, do visas and we kind of like, I've been in a place like he was. And so I totally understand what he was going through. So why did you feel um, compelled to help Roman through this process? Because I believe fitness is a community and we should be nice to each other and we should help each other out if we can. If you have an opportunity or possibility um, to help someone, do it. Why not? Because it's it's a right thing to do. You are human in this earth. You should be helping other humans or otherwise it's not worth living. That's yeah, so, my motto I go with, I guess. Yeah, so... I love the fact that you take what CrossFit is about or the fitness industry about helping others and it should be outside of the walls of the gym too, right? We should carry that yeah. in our lives. And I love how you do that. So how did, how did you contact Roman and what, and, and get involved? Well, um, 
so when the CrossFit Games came to Madison in 2017, me and my husband went to the Games and absolutely loved it. And I started doing a little bit more research, seeing if there's Russian athletes or not. And of course, uh, eventually, like I found the story about Roman. I was very excited for him to compete and then he got his visa denied. And then I was like, um, wonder why. But then sort of like kind of thought about it a little bit. I was like, well, like, I don't know a person. What do I say? Like, hey, like, how did you get your visa? I'm sure he got the million messages asking the same thing. But if you know international athletes, they do uh, uh, receive the visas as a tourist visa. So they don't do a working visa to come compete at the games. They just go to the embassy. They ask for the council. The council has the right of denying or um, not denying the visa. So that's exactly what kept on happening to Roman. Um, he just, every single time he would go there, he was unlucky enough for the council to just deny his visa. It was not ever um, filed as a, any kind of other types of visa. It was just a tourist visa. And it's a normal procedure. Hundreds of thousands of people get denied every year, every day, probably. It's just the way things work. And um, I think a person works so hard. And after one after another, it was so sad to watch. Like, I question to everybody, if you got your visa denied after working so hard twice in a row, would you still do CrossFit? And I would like, I'm like, no, probably not. <laughs> but then I kept on seeing that he kept on doing it. And he actually had, the, I was like, I'm just, I'm going to go on a, him here. and just going to like text him and say, hey, like feeling bad for you. Like if you ever need help. And obviously I'm sure people have texted them him that before. So kind of like probably wouldn't answer me, but then. Alexander Ilyin, actually, um, the national champion of Russia, arrived to the games in 2019, 2020, uh, I mean, 2021. And um, when he was here in 2021, I offered Alexander my help as, as a, to be a translator because he doesn't speak uh, really good English. And I think it's really hard for athletes already with a um, competition and everything, not understanding what the complex is. like just like a simple things, right? Like we forget, um, living in America, we sometimes forget like there's a little things that matter, like uh, as simple as somebody goes, you have to go there. You just not understanding. Like I've been in a place where I didn't speak any English and it was really extremely difficult and frustrating and to the point where you're like, well, what am I doing here? Like, it's so hard. So I, I, and Alexander like responded to me, yeah, sure. Like, can you actually please help me? So. I went with him behind the scenes and walked everywhere and CrossFit was so nice to allow me to go everywhere with him to translate. It was like, like I, I didn't expect that. They like, like just let, let me go everywhere with him. And as I was talking to Alexander, I learned more about Roman and he said, and he explained me what the situation was. And I said, I think I can help. He said, if you would, could help him, that would be the best thing ever because watching my friend getting like broken his heart, like every time, like for like, just the, like he, he earned the spot. Everybody knows he's a great athlete. He's been working his butt off and it's just one little thing never allows him to go to the biggest dream of his. And it's been a dream of his since his 2018, he won the regionals. Right. And I was like, I feel so bad for him. So I really want to help. 
And so we contacted lawyers here and asked, is there a possibility somehow we can get him a visa that isn't tourist? Because obviously that doesn't work. So we did. The lawyers gave us a thumbs up. So we contacted Roman. We talked to him. And so we went. And it took us a good six months. And we, we accomplished it. So that's That's amazing. And I know... Like on his end, he had to go to, um, was it Poland and Hungary uh, to get vaccinated, to get uh, to the U.S. Embassy um, for all of that stuff. I have, I have so many questions now, right? So you were a translator. No. <laughs> so you, were, you got to be a translator and CrossFit allowed you to go um, with the athlete behind the scenes. As a fan of the sport... How cool was it to get to be backstage for the whole event? You have to understand, like I, regardless of me being, I'm really like into the sport. I don't understand many things. So I have questions and I'm, and the athlete coordinators and everybody were so sweet to be like explaining it to me because I was so as lost as everybody else. Because I was like, what's happening? Where am I? Um, but all I did was translating. But I was like, just confused. And it was and it, like, again, the community of CrossFit is so incredible. And just people who work for the games and just everybody's will. And to want to help was incredible. Especially like, I'm like, not knowing who I was or not understanding. Like, anything very efficient and they are like helped out tremendously that was like that was incredible that was more incredible than um the workout it's like the being backstage itself and just like people who are involved yeah you gotta love the community they're so they're so welcoming and so good to, to everyone um so now roman has his visa so we this all happened a couple weeks ago and then the unrest happened in Asia with Russia and the Ukraine. Correct. Do you think that will impact Roman's visa or do you not are you not an expert in that? I do not think that that's going to impact uh any legal parts of uh visas or to any athletes no. Um mental um uh, part is a different story. I think it will impact him and his family a lot. Um, and I just hope, and I know, I know the community of CrossFit is supportive enough to um, help him out in that particular like side. And um, I'm hopeful that we can all work through it together as a community because it's extremely difficult to um, kind of focus and be excited for anything right now, really. Like, even I know we are all excited for Open and um, it's fun. It's not as fun this year to us. The community of Russian-speaking um, people, I guess, even Uzbekistan, and it's hard. And Roman has a baby Do what, any week now? Yep. Through all yes. of this. And then I want to ask one more question 
semi-politically, and that is Roman came out and denounced the actions of Vladimir Putin. How brave is it to do that where he lives today? Very brave. I'm, it's um, politics in the United States versus politics in other uh, places in the world. It's not the same. And I personally don't like um, getting involved with that, you know, because I don't know what could be the consequences, but not even the consequences, but I just don't know what to say. And uh, seeing that he's um, brave enough to speak up his mind, especially on the platform that every athlete actually makes money off of, it's um, something because truly the athletes need to make money can train the way they want to in competitions and instagram platform has been um, a huge money um, maker for them by posting something like this um, you truly can um, hurt your financial state i guess and um, i'm i was i was really uh, pleased to see that he made that post and uh, I know how he feels and I talked to him and I know exactly what goes through his and his wife's mind I just I hope people have patience and understanding and um, be supportive there for him because it's really I lost you for just a little second there um, you, I lost you when you said I hope people have patience and understanding and then it cut off yeah, so I hope people have patience and understanding, and uh, it's really d difficult for him um, right now. And I have spoken to him many, many times, and um, just I don't like we as much as I don't know how to feel for it, and everybody is confused. Um, I don't know where we are at, and I hope just as a community, as a the whole entire fitness world, we can work through this together and come out of better on the other side. Yeah, I think you echo the sentiments of a lot of us. Um, our thoughts and prayers are with Roman and his family and everybody over there that we can come to a, an agreement and settlement um, and some peace in that area. Um, Rosa, I want to thank you so much. You are just a fascinating individual. Um, I love your story. And I'm so glad you took um, 30 minutes out of your day to share with us. Thank you so much for reaching out. Um, and I hope I'll see you here in Madison for the games. Yeah, I already have my hotel, so uh, I will be there. You have a gym to work out at. I'll put you through a session. That sounds great. Thank you, Rosa. Thank you so much, Scott. We would like to thank Rosa for her time. And next week, we will see part two of this interview as Rosa's story about coming to America is a fascinating one. Now we have the Blue City crew, Teddy Williams, Taylor Stride, Matt Detman. They examine the recent retired athletes from the sport and how they are choosing to participate in this year's Open. Welcome to a special edition of the Blue City CrossFit Show in partnership with the Rig Report on the Clydesdale Media 
YouTube channel. Um, we've got a fun topic. It's uh, we're heading into the second week of the open. And Taylor, what are we talking about today? Uh, there's kind of a trend this year that we've seen. There's a lot of the perennial athletes are retiring and um, we're starting to see like, are they going to continue quote unquote competing in the sport of CrossFit and actually do the open workouts or have they kind of shifted on and uh, decided that, you know, the open is not necessarily worth what they want to be doing right now. Yeah, I think it's only natural. Yeah, like we kind of talked about that uh, you kind of see a, uh, a turning over of like the, the, the some of the top tier athletes that have been around for a little while, you know, at some point, you know, we've, we've been talking about all these young guns for so long that, uh, you know, at some point they've got, uh, they've got, you know, some people have to exit and there's uh, different ways that they're choosing to do it this year. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, if you've been on Instagram or morning chalk up or other, uh, I guess, news or media sources, you see all these different people posting things. And so we kind of went through and picked out some of the um, top athletes that really retired in this past year, more or less. Um, and there's kind of three different groups they all fall into. So there's kind of that group that's like, we're doing the open just for fun. We realize this is a big part of the community. Um, and we want to continue that tradition and really be a part of that. And then you kind of also have the second group is going to be that, um, they're just done and they don't necessarily want to put themselves out, um, in that open leaderboard don't necessarily want to do the open workouts. We all know they hurt. They're not necessarily enjoyable workouts. Yes. Um, and so they're kind of removing themselves from the situation. And then my third, I guess, kind of a subset from the first category would be, um, they're still competing. Their goals have just changed. So, so you got kind of the category that doesn't sign up in the category yes. that does sign up yes. and then the subcategory. So what were some of the examples? Um, you know, let's start with the ones that didn't sign up. So, the first one that came across my uh, Instagram feed was Mackenzie Riley. And she just said like last year, she juggled being a, a new mom and being in a CrossFit Games athlete and just couldn't, um, it was just too much stress and too many things on her plate. So this year she's, you know, still doing the open workouts, but she's not going to put her leaderboard on or her score on the leaderboard just to give herself a little like mental reprieve from that. Mm-hmm. Um, another one would be uh, uh, Carrie Pierce. She didn't um, even sign up for the open and she, really, I couldn't find much about it, but she definitely gave some tips and you would think that this would have been a workout. She would have crushed with the wall locks. Yeah, we all sure. saw her do those last year. So, um, and the last one that I, or a couple other examples I had that didn't sign up Jessica Griffith and she's completely kind of done. Oh, she's married now. I don't know her last name. Kahoy. Jessica. Yeah. Kahoy. Um, she's completely switched. She's not doing CrossFit by any means anymore. Um, and then Caroline reason Tebow just recently retired and basically last year she was, um, had some health issues. So didn't necessarily compete in the open and then just said that she's, you know, prioritizing her health and family. So, yeah, I can understand that too. Like the McKenzie situation that you brought up, it's like, you know, you're, you're ultra competitive, mm-hmm. you know, mentally, like, like if you're going to attack a workout, you're just going to attack it with 110% of your effort. So if you can't do that because you're focusing on family or, or mm-hmm. whatever it is in your life, that's, that's just taking a bigger role that you can't allow yourself to, to try to go and, and kind of half-ass it, so to speak. You know, I kind of, yeah. I feel that, uh, I, I can feel the pain in that one. Yeah, no, I, I understand that viewpoint for sure. It's just interesting seeing some of the different reasonings behind their um, competing or not. So and Fraser's just a judge. Yeah. <laughs> Fraser's just a judge. And I mean, I can totally see him, you know, it's kind of the same like Fraser versus Froning thing. They're always yeah. going to compare. And so if Fraser goes out there and puts the scores out there, there's going to be so many comments and so many. It's probably not worth the attention yeah, exactly. like in his eyes. Yeah. yeah. So if we kind of switch to the other, you know, big group of athletes or the ones that are competing, um, you know, Jamie Hagia was 
a games athlete. I think she said she retired and like, or was done competing professionally in 2018. And it said it took her four years to actually get to the perspective where shift from like that competitor and her performance isn't, you know, doesn't define her to actually be able to enjoy like the magic of the open and the community aspect. Um, but it's kind of, you know, said that she's pretty excited about this year, just to be there with her gym and see, you know, put herself back out on the leaderboard as well. Um, Alessandro Pacelli is, you know, owns a gym as well as said, you know, continuing to be a part of her community. And that's a big thing, but it's, you know, hard she said it was a hard shift as well. And then the last big one in this uh, category would be Kristen Holta and, you know, it's just insane, you know, love. She put out a few days before the open. She wasn't going to do the workout. And she said, I changed my mind. She's like, um, I'm going to do the open this year. I just realized my love for the sport and the community is, you know, so important to me. And so she decided to go, you know, check her ego out the door. Um, but when she says check her ego out the door, she still ended up eighth yeah. in the women. <laughs> Pretty impressive. So, uh, Drops yeah. 372 reps, finished eighth on the I leaderboard. Mean, so that's retirement. I'll, I'll take. No I'll take kidding, right? That's a really that, good retirement right there. Um, and finally, kind of that last subset that I uh, was looking at some of these people would be Scott Panchik, you know, and he said he retired last year um, from, and I guess I, I didn't quite realize this at the time from trying to win the CrossFit games. Yeah. So he's kind of changed his goals where, you know, he's focusing on, you know, family and his gym and his community and trying to build the best relationships with that. Um, he said he's cut his training time in half, his volumes, you know, way down, but um, he basically said he's not hanging his innovate eights up <laughs> yet. And, um, you know, he's still going to just take each uh, stage and season um, or, you know, part of the season and see what happens. And so it sounds like, you know, he's not necessarily, if he would were to qualify for the CrossFit Games, he wouldn't necessarily be opposed as to going and trying to compete again. Yeah. Just not an ultimate goal of winning CrossFit Games. So he's yeah. taking a little bit of pressure off himself. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like if Holta made it, she would say no. And if yeah, Holta said she's wouldn't. only doing the open. Okay. She won't go past yeah. the open. So and Scott will just keep going until yeah. they tell yeah. him he can't go no more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, I'm actually kind of interested to see how that works for him because you know, it's kind of when you like take the ultimate pressure off yourself, you almost yeah, it for makes sure. it easier to to compete. Your your goals shift a little bit. So um, you know, and maybe it actually like kind of like an Annie Thor's daughter year, mm-hmm. maybe a really exciting year to see what happens. So yep. we shall see, we yep. shall see. Exciting times headed into the second week of the open, and we will now throw it back to the peeps at the rig report. Yep. Bye. Thank you so much to the Blue City crew, and I can't wait to hear what they're going to talk about next week. Cooper Marsh is going to walk us through the behind the scenes of how the negotiations went with the Rad Shoe deal and Danielle Brandon. Well, yeah. So, so Rad reached out, right? They, they, um, obviously Danielle was with another company and you know, you have to kind of honor, honor the timeline of that, that piece. Right. So it was, it was one of those things where, um, once the kind of the floodgates opened, a bunch of brands wanted to come and work with Danielle and rad came into the picture. Uh, and I was like, you know, who is this dude? I remember getting on a call with him and him showing me the, you know, the shoe and I'm like, Oh wow, you like actually created the shoe. Um, learned more about him. Next thing you know, you know, Benjamin flew all the way over to the U S to be able to meet up with myself and Danielle and, you know, really give it a, a good pitch and just, just the way he carries himself and, and the brand itself and what they were offering. And the fact that, you know, they're so new, it's a blank slate really. Right. But they just, the overwhelming message that they want is um, they want Danielle to be who Danielle is. Right. That's it. They just want to be a platform to help that. And uh, you know, it, 
it's just like a it's like a huge testament to kind of like who Benjamin is to to be able to kind of trust her uh, and her natural instinct, right, with his with his baby and this brand and um, just who they are as a brand, right, rad and and how they're kind of like uh, just like no f's given, like they are who they are is the same exact thing as Danielle, so it's like a perfect marriage. Um, and it was one of those things where, you know, Danielle was just like, yep, this is, this is absolutely worth the risk to leave an established brand for, for this one, um, because this is who I am. And so it was, it was super exciting. And, uh, you know, then, then when Wadapalooza came around, we were all, we were all stoked that they're going to be there. Um, but Benjamin was a little hesitant because he wanted to make sure that, you know, they're doing the announcement exactly how they wanted to do it. Um, but we were like, all right, cool. We should, we should at least get photos here while, while we're in Miami. Right. Uh, you have Wynwood, which is, you know, the incredible art, art district. And, you know, we got the shoes, we got Danielle, like we've got awesome photographers literally roaming around Wadapalooza. Let's just snag one. So we used Justin, um, who's, who's a stud and we went out and we went out early morning, uh, in Wynwood for a golden hour and we're just taking photos and they're just turning out so sick. And the, and the vibes were really high. It's, it, you know, it feels like you're like, we were out like surfing. It was like one of those like early morning, like everybody's just buzzing. And um, then we're sitting there at breakfast and I'm like, Benjamin, sh should we just launch Danielle here? You know? And he's like, um, I kind of want to, but he's like, I'm just, I don't want to, you know, you only get one shot at it. And I'm like, well, are we potentially overthinking this? Um, and he's like, maybe he's like, let's put it out to a table vote. And so like, you know, we, we asked the table of like the random people that we were with, right. Photographer, some other agents with lab, uh, Danielle. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. Like, why not, man? Like let's strike while the iron's hot. So we were like, screw it. Let's do it. Um, went over really well, had a great, you know, photo shoot, uh, great meet and greet at the booth. You know, I thought Danielle's caption was epic for her to, for her to like announce the partnership. And I think it just kind of put an immediate stamp on the company. Like, yo, they came to play. Um, and yeah. And I mean, Benjamin had originally told me like there was no, he was either launching with Danielle as an athlete or he was launching with no athletes. So it was, I asked him who else he was interested in. He sent me a deck and it was just literally eight different photos of Danielle. So I was like, okay, this guy is not playing around. It's Danielle or no one. So, um, yeah, it was, it just, it was really cool, man. And, and just seeing like, they keep selling out. Like they just did drop two yesterday, sold out like, and yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm proud of Benjamin. He's busting his ass and I'm, I'm proud of Danielle for going with her gut and going with her heart and, and, and choosing something a little bit, a road less traveled. Yeah. And I, did you know the gold mine you had in Danielle when you signed her? Like she is, has become so popular so fast. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I would could say I would, I knew, I mean, like, I think I have a judge of, of good character and a good athlete, right? Like I feel like people I surround myself with are like outstanding human beings and I'm just lucky to be near them. Um, and so that's like true of anyone on our roster. It's just the fact, like, it's funny, Jason, uh, my partner in the agency and the one who started lab, we were sitting at, you know, the CrossFit games in 2019 and they were making the cuts, right? So when they cut to 20, everybody got a bathing suit. But then when they cut to 10 is when they actually used it. Um, we were sitting on the PT table with our guy, Ryan Lunny, and, you know, Danielle walks by and she's like super tan. Like Danielle gets like really tan. 
and she's built, you know, like a brick shit house. Like she is like a thoroughbred as thoroughbreds come, right? And she walks by and I look at Jason, I'm like, who is that? And he's like, no idea. And I was like, that chick could win the CrossFit games. Um, and so then, you know, she unfortunately got cut. She was 11th, right? She should have been 10th because somebody popped. Um, but might've been better for me because she flew under the radar and didn't get any exposure. And then I reached out to her and was like, yo, you need representation. I think you could be incredible. Um, and she was just typical Danielle, like what? No way. Like, I'm like, yeah, no, seriously. And then, you know, we held on for a few years and, and did some things to make ends meet. But, um, at this year's past games, we were really feeling like it would be like a coming out party for her. And then it was, and then, you know, all the COVID stuff she had to deal with, um, the spotlight really got put on her and it was sad because it was like kind of at the, at the, um, you know, setback of Bethany and Carrie, but Danielle got so much coverage on that, uh, that it definitely helped her brand and allowed her to kind of showcase some of that grit and that, you know, uh, no F's given attitude. And then, you know, people latch onto that, man, they love real and she is real and as raw as they come. And so after this games, I was like, yeah, you're going to be a star. So pretty cool yeah i think the fun thing for me is when we had danielle on the show um i hypothetically asked her if her current shoe company at that time came to her and said hey we want you to design a color wave or an apparel line what color wave would you pick and and now that i talked to her a couple weeks ago that that is a possibility for her now 100%. and uh and that's what was really cool kind of seeing that come full circle yeah. I mean, they're already working on stuff, man. Like there's some, there's some great stuff coming down the pipeline. I cannot wait for them to share it with you guys. Cause it's going to be very cool. Thank you so much, Cooper. And make sure to tune in tonight at 6 PM Eastern time for the full Cooper Marsh interview, a very informative interview about what it's like to be an agent, how they scope out talent and some really fun stories that involve some crazy shenanigans. Now, for our favorite time in the show, when we get to see the statistics behind our fantasy picks and why we have nobody left in two of our four brackets. Or is that just me? Dave and Catherine from Fantasy Fitnessing are here to walk us through 22.2 and give us some early predictions about 22.3. Hi, everybody. So Dave and Catherine are here with, from Fantasy Fitnessing to run through the last few head-to-heads for the final week in the Open in our Open Madness bracket. So I'm just gonna kinda guide Dave through and he's gonna have to make some quick picks. So we are gonna start with the Heroes Women's bracket. And moving into week three, we've got Tia Claire Toomey versus Mallory O'Brien. Yeah, this one is going to be the hardest of um, the batch. Just like they are one, two in the women's field. Mel O'Brien has a first and a second. Tia Toomey has a fifth and a first. Um, like both dynamite performances. Like just to put it, you know, into perspective on the women's side, I think the closest that I was able to find was Sarah Sigmund's daughter in 2019 um, or 2020 started off the open with a third and a second. Um, so, you know, again, super incredible performance by Mal O'Brien this year. Um, but, you know, I'm going to go with Tia Toomey. Well, you know, no one can argue against going against the greatest woman athlete of all time. But she has not finished outside the top 25 in a open event since 19.1. 
Um, so I think that is um, about 15 or 16 open events in a row where she has finished to the top 25 worldwide. Um, so I just like that. Um, it's going to secure my pick for Tia on this one. Yeah, you can't really go against that. But Mal's going to give her a run for her money. Yeah. All right. The next head to head left on the Heroes Women bracket is Haley Adams versus Kara Saunders. All right. So um, I'm going to go with Haley Adams on this one, mostly just because I think it's going to be similar to 21.3. And I don't think there's going to be a, tour, a 22.4 this week, um, just based off of the hint that CrossFit released back in the fall of Sean Sweeney suffering um, after a workout, which looks to be have double under some sort of hanging from a bar. And I'm going to assume a barbell that was off screen. So thinking some sort of triplet with, you know, some gymnastics, double unders and thrusters. So I'm taking Haley Adams. She finished fifth overall in 21.3 um, and also beat Saunders in 20.2, which was a similar triplet, um, albeit Saunders was three months postpartum at the time, but um, give me Haley Adams for this one. And then into the hero men, we have the sort of upset of week two of Alex Vigneault beating out Justin Medeiros. So he is moving forward and Saxon Panchik beat out BKG. So Alex or Saxon? Uh, I'm going to take Saxon on this one. Um, not really any uh, stats based to, to back this one up. I just think Saxon looks really good in the open through two events. Um, you know, has excelled in both. Sits near the top of the leaderboard. So give me Saxon for this one. Yeah, I think that's a solid choice. He's sitting high on the leaderboard. And then we've got Joan Okoski and Chandler Smith. The All other right, so hero men. last week um, had a really wonderful stat about how Chandler Smith does in box jumps and burpees uh, went against it. Um, and so logic would, you know, say, don't follow up with that one again. But I am going to go Chandler Smith. Uh, Joan Okoski had some off-season shoulder surgery this season uh, and just, you know, browsing Instagrams he posted something that he didn't start Olympic lifting again until December 21st. Uh, and so my guess is there's some sort of, you know, swinging gymnastics, lifting something overhead on this one uh, that Koski, I'm going to guess, is going to play it a little safe um, and just, you know, playing the long game with the season and his rehab. So um, just based off of that and where we sit, I'm going to take Chandler Smith, although it goes, you know, completely against the, uh, the open stats I shared last week. All right, there you go. There's Dave's heroes picks. And on to the hopeful women. So we have Ellie Turner versus Lucy Campbell. All right, a couple of the, the names coming out of Wadapalooza to watch going into this year. Um, looking back last year, Ellie Turner and Lucy Campbell, they had similar results in 21.3, um, you know, which is kind of the comparison we're going off of. For this one, uh, but just the the good or tiebreaker for me is this one is just Ellie Turner sits 10th overall in the open uh, after two weeks. So just seeing the momentum she has there and um, how she's performing the open for this so far. Um, I'll take Ellie Turner this week over Lucy Campbell. All right. And then the other matchup is Sasha Nieves and Annika Greer. Uh, so I'm going to take Greer for this one. Um, she sits about 40th overall versus Nieves, which is 130th, 134th um, in the Open this year. 
you know, I'll take this with Greer just performing a bit higher. Nieves is having a bit of a regression from last year where she finished 25th in the Open. And um, definitely the first two weeks of last year's Open were Nieves' strengths. So just looks like her training is having her peak at a different time this year. So uh, I just see Greer, you know, at this point has the, the competition performance a bit higher. So I will take her this week. On to the hopeful men. So we have Colton Mertens versus Taylor Self. Uh, this one, you know, a tough one. You know, Taylor Self, I think, is um, definitely somebody to watch going into quarterfinals and semifinals this year. Uh, however, I think this one is going to have some range of motion advantages for Colton Mertens. I'm going to guess he's going to be able to cycle the barbell a bit faster from, uh, you know, a thrusters. You know, we've always seen thrusters, so I'm going to count on that again. Um, my guess is he'll be able to cycle them faster um, and get a, a quicker, higher number number of reps or a quicker score through it. So I'll take Mertens um, in this case. And then the last matchup for the hopeful men's bracket is Spencer Panchak versus Phil Toon. Uh, so I'm going to take Phil Toon. Um, you know, what's coming out of the brute strength uh, training camp there um, has been phenomenal to watch this open. So I'm going to continue riding that wave with strength. Um, I know Merton's up that upset pepper last week and um, one of the performances of the week, but um, I like Phil Toon. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what that training group um, comes out this year with Matt Torres and um, seeing that continue throughout the season. So give me Phil Toon. All right, that's it for Dave's picks of the week. We've got the last week of the CrossFit Open announcement coming. And yeah, we will see who comes out of those head-to-heads. And then the final matchup is for the winner of the bracket is whoever is overall higher on the Open leaderboard. And that is who will be our bracket winner. So you'll be scored on both of those, depending how you do. Make sure you give us a follow at, at Fantasy Fitnessing on Instagram. And take care and happy fitnessing. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much, Dave and Catherine. Great information, as always. Finally, we have our friend Kat Shear, who always seems to have something that's bugging her. So we gave her this platform to let it all out so she can move on with her week. Kat's rant will be an ongoing segment on The Rig Report. And this week, she talks about promises made. Took a loss, that's your loss. Had to get my point across. Heard them lasers talking, and we don't pay that no mind. Didn't need to watch and know that I'll be here in no time. Hey guys, time for another Cat's Rants. Um, you're catching me today in my bedroom during a nap because. <laughs> I'm an affiliate owner and I coach early in the morning and I coach late at night in the middle of the day. I try to get some sleep, but I'm sitting here scrolling through Instagram. Like I usually do when I'm actually trying to sleep. And I noticed an Instagram post from Adrian Gosman and it talked about sample experiences for the open. And he listed some things and he was asking for feedback. And it got me thinking a little bit about the changes at CrossFit where Dave Castro was fired and Adrian is now in charge of the games and the reason well I guess we haven't really gotten a reason but what they said was that they were taking the games in a different direction if they're taking the games in a different direction why so far is everything the same example 
open announcements. Open announcements, the format of the open announcements have been the same since as long as I can remember. You've got two big athletes, you, you know, there's some dramatic announcement of the workout, you watch the athletes go, there's some commentary at the end and some community stuff. If CrossFit is supposed to be all about the affiliate first, why not change things up? Why not make these announcements with a little more information? Why not demonstrate some of the standards for scaled and for foundations? Um, why not take some time to demonstrate what a good rep looks like, what a bad rep looks like to help the affiliates? I know when I run in, you know, a Friday Night Lights at my affiliate, I have to spend a good 20 minutes going over all the standards with everyone and explaining what a good rep is and a bad rep. And if they really wanted to help the affiliates, they could spend some time during those open announcements while the elite athletes are warming up or getting ready for the workout to really get into the nitty gritty of how you would set up the floor, how you would angle the camera and sort of what the movements are. Because most of us aren't elite athletes and we're doing a scaled version or some of us are doing a foundations version or how about focus on the adaptive versions. Um, I just feel like there's not a lot of that. Uh, that's one thing. The other thing is the clues, right? Dave did the clues. They were stupid, but amazing. And everyone loved them. Why is CrossFit doing clues? If they're trying to take the games in a different direction, why are they doing the same things that Dave did? Um, we've interviewed Adrian Bosman once. I know for a fact that he's not a huge fan of social media. The fact that now he has to be active on social media has got to be <laughs> um, annoying for him and not something that he probably wants to do, but I'm sure is something that he needs to do as a head of the CrossFit Games now or head of the sport or whatever his new title is. And I just feel like if you got rid of Dave because you said you were changing the direction, change the freaking direction. They're, everything so far has been the same. The levels have come out and you know we'll get into that whole thing in another rant probably. But I'm just not seeing where things are different just yet. Everything is the same. You're using Dave's programming, apparently, allegedly, who knows, we'll never know. But the announcements are the same. Everything looks and feels the same. You're doing these stupid clues that nobody understands. And I thought this was your opportunity to change things and make things different and go in a different direction. And I just feel like they're not. Thank you, Kat. I hope you got that out and feel much better now. Well, that does it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed what we brought. If so, if so, well, that does it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed what we brought this week. If so, make sure to smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notifier to be the first to know when a new episode is released. If you are listening to us today, leave a review and a comment about why you like the show. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time on The Rig Report.